0: To grow your business and before you can execute any great sales process, you have to get leads first. Jesse Stoddard helps companies like yours get more clients, customers, and patients while increasing profits 24 hours per day. Hey, it's Jesse here. Jesse here with the Stoddard Agency. Thanks for joining me today. Um, And... We're going to be talking about the Challenging Times business update for August 13th. What this is is a collection of all the very best stuff that I'm seeing in my email inbox and across the internet when it comes to marketing and growing a small business. Sometimes I talk about bigger trends and uh, a little bit of this is newsworthy information. But I try to find the stuff that uh, is going to be most useful to you uh, in making your planning and uh, your strategies for growth. Uh, And surviving during the challenging time. So before I go further, uh, if you are looking for help, especially with your digital marketing and you want to grow your business with some great marketing strategy, go to challengingtime.com, challengingtime.com. All right. So first of all, the pandemic has driven boomers to increase their digital shopping. This is good news. You don't think that uh, baby boomers like to shop online And uh, they didn't. They were were begrudgingly doing it, but now because of the pandemic, they're getting more involved. So when transacting purchases, many boomers have adopted e-commerce, though it's yet another area where they lag behind younger adults. We estimate that 62.1% of boomers in the U.S. will be digital buyers. Uh, this year, well short of the percentages of the Gen Xers and Millennials. Of course, this information is coming from uh, eMarketer and uh, a few of their uh, sources. Uh, it's relatively new. So we've got uh, the U.S. Pop adult population uh, digital buyers by generation in 2020, and the Millennials 86.2%, Gen Xers 72 79.2 and the baby boomer 62.1. That's a big growth. So uh, interesting. That means that if you're able to adapt your business to more online activity, even if you don't sell products online, even if you can get them, get because there's more eyeballs online, if you can get your business online better, you stand uh, a better chance of increased growth and success. Uh, so moving on, uh, more consumers are shopping via mobile amid the pandemic. Some of this might be common sense, but it's nice to see some numbers, right? So U.S. adults who prefer shopping on their mobile phones by age, uh, and this is June of 2020, so relatively new, 18 to 24-year-olds, 78%, 25 to 34-year-olds, 90%, 35 to 44, 70%. And this is where it gets interesting, 45 to 54 starts dropping off to 58 55 to 64 32 now this is mobile remember not desktop 65 plus 18 Uh, total 59% what's interesting though is that there you would think uh, a lot of people think that 55 and older there'd be hardly anybody doing it so I look at this as a big positive that it's up to 32% for 55 to 64 year olds 18% for the 65 and overs this says that they're starting to use their mobile phones for shopping even though we would think that they would just be on desktop or wanting to go into a store. So this is, this is really interesting news. Very good. So if, you, if you're selling to baby boomers and older population, you thought it's pointless to be online, that is changing. It is no longer pointless for you to be online. Okay. So this is, I get a lot of questions about Instagram, uh, since it's such a big mover and shaker and you, you probably know, but Facebook owns Instagram. So don't forget that. So which Instagram activities have us Instagram users done in the past month? So this is back in March, uh, but still relatively, you know, uh, relevant. Uh, so we've got, Uh, watching other people's Instagram stories, 42%. So Instagram stories is a good place to be. Uh, Browsing your feed for posts from Instagram friends or accounts you follow, 39%. So about the same. it's very close. So most people, they're looking at the stories because those pop up first, and they're scrolling the feed. I mean, that's pretty much the majority of it. Now, watching a video in your feed is is not far behind, 35%. Posting a video, 29%. Uh, Send or receiving direct messages, 28. Swiping up on an Instagram story, that allows you to see more, that's 23%. So that tells you that a lot of people see them and they kind of watch them, but they don't bother swiping up to go to, you know, dig deeper. Posting to to the story, 21%. Browsing the Explore tab, Instagram tab with the recommended content search bar thing, 19%. Tapping on an ad, 19. Posting a video to your feed, 14. Making a purchase after tapping on Instagram. Now, this is very interesting, 9% because this means that someone is actually purchasing through Instagram. Now it's not a lot, but it's a significant number enough to show up in the stats and then none of the above 27%. Now, uh, keep in mind that 64% of respondents were female and 61% were over were ages 35 plus. What this tells us is there's a lot of moms typically and I don't want to be too you know, stereotypical here, but that would be that age group. So if you're looking to, to, to for 35 plus women, Instagram is the place to be. Just keep that in mind with your business. Okay, this is a, a away from the news and a little bit more of just the uh, tactical stuff that I think you need to know about small business relief funding. There's been some changes. Um, if you have, haven't been following, you probably get a lot of these emails like I do uh, from the government. And most of them are just, you know, hit delete as fast as you can kind of things. But this is interesting because the economic injury disaster loans are still available. And um, that might be something that you're interested that's the Small Business Administration's EIDL program. It offers relief to businesses experiencing temporary loss in revenue due to COVID 19. Uh, borrowed EIDL funds may be used to cover a variety of operational capital expenses. EIDL terms uh, propose a modest 3.75% interest rate for small businesses and a 2.75% rate for nonprofits with a 30 year maturity and automatic one year deferment period. Before monthly payments must begin, these flexible and low-interest loans are available to a variety of eligible small businesses, and they're a lot easier to get than the next one, which is the PPP. So, the Paycheck Protection Program. I talked to a lot of my friends um, in business, and man, this is—it's a headache to get. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of questions about it. The application deadline elapsed uh, on August 8th. Uh, The Small Business Administration is no longer accepting applications from participating lenders. Applicants that successfully filed for loans before the deadline may wish to review the SBA's PPP Loan Forgiveness FAQ document for instruction on management of potentially forgivable borrowed funds. Uh, Also, the SBA Bridge Loans debt relief is still available to small businesses. That's slightly different. The Bridge Loan. Um, it continues to offer the bridge loans to businesses currently partnered with an SBA express lender. So if you already have, you're already hooked up with somebody for quick access of up to $25,000 SBA debt relief program will cover six months of principal interest and fees for all seven, a five Oh four and micro loans and regular servicing or issued through September 27th. So just a quick update on that. You might want to know, it may be an option for you. And here's a resource that I found today or this week that I thought was great. Perry Marshall, who's a marketer and, um, has some fantastic uh, do-it-yourself kinds of stuff courses programs you could probably find someone to do it for you there as well um, I just thought this was useful um, you know if you're looking for somebody to actually do it for you we can do it for you but if you want to learn more he's got a great resource on his website and it's a section of the website called which ad platform is best for my business so you can find out in 60 seconds there's a little you know a little um little uh, quiz to take and it's figure out which platform will deliver you the most leads and customers fast, be the wisest use of your ad dollars, give you the competitive advantage you need. And so it's going to look at Google, Facebook, Amazon, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and a few more. And a handy little quiz. I took it. For my business, and I could take it for each one of my clients' businesses, probably get a different result, but told me I should do more on Google, which, you know, go figure, right? Uh, And if you need that, the link is um, perrymarshall.com forward slash PPC, ppc. Uh, I don't make any money, not referral or affiliate or anything, just telling you about it. Uh, And, you know, they're going to cover Google search, Google display, network ads. You might have wondered what these are, how to use them, how to work them together. Facebook, YouTube, Amazon, LinkedIn, Bing, Reddit, programmatic advertising of any kind. So I thought that was a good resource to pass on to you today. Another great resource, I mean, again, I'm getting dozens and dozens of emails a day, so I don't show you probably 99% of what I get. But every now and then when I get something from one of my, you know, partners or uh, websites I'm following, I... If I think it's really, truly valuable, I pass it on. So this is another one from SpyFu and it's the ultimate guide to keyword tools for your business, uh, keyword research and keyword tools. Um, and it's been updated in June, so it's it's very relevant. This one is fantastic because uh, if you don't know about it, if you're trying to figure out what keywords to target for your search engine optimization, for your pay-per-click ads, uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're guessing or using common sense, which is fine, but you're going to use Google Keyword Planner. But you might not know there's several others to use in conjunction with that to get you a better result so that you can, you can know which keywords are actually going to get you um, more leads, clients, customers, prospects, patients, et cetera, for your business. So that's a good tool. And the link there is spyfu, spyfu.com dot com slash blog slash keyword hyphen tools. You can probably look it up uh, and we may be able to, in the show notes of, of our blog on our website, include the link in case that was difficult to figure out for you. But uh, next one, back to the news. U.S. podcast ad spending to surpass $1 billion next year, getting and keeping customers in the social distancing economy. It's becoming a real thing. So i got a little chart here on U.S. podcast ad spending from 2018 to 22, and uh, it's increased. So podcast versus radio. So we've got a really interesting trend here, where in 2018, about 470 9.1 million was spent 2019 708 million 0.1 uh and 2020 782 million so not a big jump but a, but even with the pandemic it grew uh looks like 10.4 percent is is the uh, rate of change there and then uh and then they're still predicting that t- 2021 uh one one um It looks like 1132000000 and and moving up through 2022. So audio advertising within a podcast is what this chart is talking about and includes all type of advertising on podcasts. Uh, Let's see. Oh, okay. The ad platform, getting and keeping customers in a social distancing economy. So here's another great chart. Which marketing objectives have U.S. chief marketing officers been focused on during the coronavirus pandemic? This is as of uh, percentage of respondents May 2020. So the fir- the highest one is 33% for building brand value that connects with customers. All right, so that is still uh, the top one. And we like to do a little thing called intent based branding. Intent based branding is the idea of building your brand while. Uh, getting actions from that person making money basically so build your brand and make money don't just build your brand and waste a bunch of money Uh, 32.6 percent for retaining current customers so believe it or not marketing is used to retain customers Uh, increasing customer awareness of of your brand or your company 16.7 percent acquiring new customers 14 percent improving marketing ROI 3.6 And um, that's just uh, interesting, interesting to know. Let's move on to another one. Food and beverage will see the biggest gains in retail e-commerce sales growth this year. So the U.S. retail e-commerce sales growth by product category uh, in May of 2020. So the food and beverage, uh, this is sales growth in the U.S., 58.5%. Health and personal care and beauty, 32.4. Toys and hobbies, 20.9. Computer and consumer electronics, 17.9. Office equipment supplies, 17.9. Books, music, video, 13.9. Auto parts, 12.6. Furniture and home furnishings, 12.4. Apparel and accessories, 8.6. And other, 17.8. There's some good news here. That What is going on? And how have things been progressing sometimes all you hear in the news is how bad the economy is it may be bad it may get worse but there are always some bright spots and opportunities Uh, US digital grocery buyers 2018 to 22 predictions Uh, this is in the millions so in 2018, 76.3 million. 2019, 92.3. 2020, 131 million. So there's a big jump, obviously, in digital grocery buyers, people buying groceries online. Uh, and uh, the pandemic had a big part of that. But the, what they're predicting here, eMarketer, according they think, that it's uh, it's going to keep growing because people got used to it. And it's not like they're going to stop doing it because it was easy. Uh, Next one is connected TV user penetration by device. So this is a very interesting one. If you've ever considered running any kind of ad on TV, uh, just to know what the trend is, or if you're looking to invest in some stocks in certain companies, Amazon Fire TV 35.1%. 35.1%. They made a big move with that product. Apple TV, 12.2%. Respectable. Blu- Blu-ray players, 13%. Connected game consoles, 33.9%. Now, this is fantastic uh, news if, you, uh, uh, if you're if you interested in, in that world. Um, there's many opportunities. We have not even scratched the surface of that for marketing and advertising. Google Chromecast, 15.8%. Roku 46.9% and a smart TV 56.6%. So they're still the market leaders. So interesting to know. All right, let's move on to the next one. What what are we to make of Facebook's second quarter? All right, so Facebook ad revenues. Now this matters to me because what it tells me is that small businesses, which is the bulk of their customer who advertise, that's where all the money comes from, are having confidence and or needing to advertise more on Facebook and Instagram. So this is worldwide though, uh, 2018 to 22. So we have uh, 2018, fifty-five, uh, um, 55 Billion dollars. That's with a B. And then 2019, 69.66 billion. 2020, 73.78 billion. So a growth even during the pandemic. People are not running for the hills. They are advertising and marketing to get new customers. Their prediction uh, is 90.67 billion in 2021. And in 2022, 108.56 billion dollars. So nothing but growth over there at the Facebooks. Alright, so global e-commerce sales will decelerate this year. Uh, certain national markets may see success. So this is a chart on retail e-commerce sales growth worldwide by region in 2020 uh, over, the, over the world, of course, so this is a little different. Uh, Central and Eastern Europe, 21.5% growth. Middle East and Africa, 19.8%. So these are emerging markets, basically, if you're an investor. Latin America, 19.4%. North America, 18.1%. Still, Western Europe, 169 Asia Pacific, 155 And worldwide, 16.5%. So note that this is including products or services ordered using the internet via any device, regardless of the method of payment or fulfillment. It excludes travel and event tickets, payments such as bill pay, taxes, or money transfers, food services, and drinking place sales, gambling and other vice goods sales. And that was from the eMarketer May of 2020. So uh, US mobile ad spending will manage to grow in 2020. So how has the forecast for digital ad spending in the US changed? So this is forecasting. Okay, this is not the, this is what, is being forecasted. So in the beginning, back in March, they forecasted um, uh, 132.46 million and then the growth from t- in 2019. And they, they were predicting that in 2020, it'd be 154. Well, due to the COVID, it was only 134.66 billion dollars. So there was a slight increase, but it was pretty much you know, horizontal level from 2019. But now they're still predicting that the increase will continue. It won't match what they, what, you know, pre pandemic numbers were, but they're still looking at a forecast of some steady growth up to um, $225 billion by 2024. All right. Next one that I found was interesting was the USFAANG TV ad spending. Now, this is basically just, you know, advertisers spending on TV, you know, like they always have. Uh, I'm not going to go into it in in depth, but basically just look at the totals here. This is including uh, big companies like Google, Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Facebook. It includes broadcast cable, spot and syndicated, Spanish language TV. uh, And the numbers may not add up uh, to, you know, the total due to the rounding. But basically, this is Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. Okay. And the spending here. Uh, and, and the and the and the sources uh, VAB analysis uh, analysis of Nielsen ad Intel data as cited by Rapid TV News in March. Um, Google, for example, in um, 2015 spent 228 uh, million, and then by 2019 was up to 465. So if you look at the totals, it went from a billion dollars one one billion nineteen million, and by in 2015 up to. Two billion five hundred ninety-nine million in 2019 so you look at the growth there it is significant these big companies are only getting bigger uh, okay, uh, this one's a little bit different topic. Uh, most U.S. parents believe virtual and distance learning will hinder their child's success. So this is about what parents think about the coronavirus impact. Do U.S. parents agree versus disagree that their child would be just as successful with virtual or distance learning? Uh, this is in July, so fairly recent. So 37% say they strongly disagree. And, uh, it, let me rephrase, you know, say that again. Uh, do they agree that their child would be just as successful with virtual distance learning, and thirty-seven percent say no, they strongly disagree. They'd be better off in in person live. Twenty-six percent say they somewhat disagree. Um, this is interesting though that tw- that twelve percent strongly agreed, and fourteen percent somewhat agreed. So then you add those two up, and that's twenty-six percent. Twelve percent were neutral, didn't care. So that it's a significant number of people that actually think, you know, my kid will be fine us at home. They don't even need to go to school anymore. I find that quite interesting as a, as a father. Um, and again, compared with traditional classroom learning and, and um, just thought that was interesting. Sources Civic Science uh, cited on their company blog on July 7th. All right. Which apps and websites do the U.S. podcast listeners use to listen to podcasts? Uh, if you are thinking of starting a podcast, by the way, we've helped clients do that. Launch podcasts, uh, take the recordings, turn them into podcasts, uh, that kind of thing. Um, the number one is Spotify at 25%. Apple Podcasts at 20%. Now, I did not know this. I thought Apple would be number one. I did not know Spotify had surpassed them. Um, so that's really interesting. Uh This is uh, February of 2020, though. Uh, Google Podcasts, 16%. Pandora, 15%. Website, like streaming it right off off their websites, 11% more than you might think. So it's good to have a link there that you could stream right on your website. Audible, 10%. NPR one nine percent, TuneIn eight percent, Deezer seven percent, podcast addict seven percent. I haven't even heard of most of these. Overcast six percent, Pocket Cast six percent, Radio Public six, Stitcher six, and Castbox six. Which interesting about this is it's it's another one of those network effects of winner take all. Spotify, Apple, Google, Pandora. I mean, and then maybe websites, and it's pretty much dominating. Right, everybody else is an also ran. So, if you're thinking about uh, getting a podcast going or advertising on podcasts, that's where you want to be. All right. Now, this is another uh, interesting thing um, that I do not follow because I played video games in the 80s uh, and a bit in the 90s, but haven't much since. And I probably should have stuck with it or got into game design or something because it's a big business. The pandemic puts the spotlight on a rising esports e- industry. I didn't even know what it was. I'm going to define it for you because I didn't even know. Uh, what is esports? Uh, let's and it's a bill, explosive billion dollar industry. So esports describes the world of competitive, organized video gaming. Competitors from different leagues or teams face off in the same games that are popular with at home gamers. Fortnite, League of Legends, Counter Strike, Call of Duty, uh, Overwatch, and Madden NFL, NFL to name a few. So. Big, giant crowds, lots of people involved, you know, just total addicts. Love the stuff, right? Pretty cool. Um, th- this is some uh, um, global eSports market uh, charts audience and revenue projections from 2014 2019 some older stuff I just want to show you the global esports audience growth, Uh, occasional viewers and esports enthusiasts just grew rapidly since 2014. Um, You know, if you look at the enthusiasts category, there's 90 million in 2014. And by 2019, only five years later, there's 250 million. Okay, this is a huge jump. And then global esports revenue growth is even more impressive. So the, you know, the revenue, where would that come from? Media rights, merchandising and tickets, online advertising, brand partnerships, additional game publisher investment uh, investments. In the millions, 2014, $194 million. By 2019, $1 billion 72 million so that it's just amazing growth uh and then here's something more current so this is us esports digital ad ad revenue in 2018 to 2021 projection so this is the money coming from the ad revenue uh 2018 143 um Uh, million, uh, 2019, 175, and 2020, even with the pandemic, 196. They're still projecting 226 million by 2021. Uh, So that included advertising and sponsorship revenues from organized esports competitions, uh, all that kind of stuff. So pretty, pretty interesting. Um, All right, so uh, back to Amazon. Uh, Quarter two, we're going to be paying attention to it because there's reasons that in this chart, reasons that the U.S. internet use, users purchase products on Amazon, uh, according to to um, uh, Cervata in March twenty seventh. So this is in February that they that they got their the, the data. Uh, this is the twenty twenty Super Amazon Super Shopper Survey: How shoppers browse and buy on Amazon. All right, so forty one point seven percent are are choosing it because based on price. Well, that should make sense. That's why people go to Amazon, right? That's why they're there. But this is telling you how important and powerful this Platform is becoming. You can advertise on Amazon. You can be a part of Amazon. Uh, convenience of shipping, for example, Prime, Amazon Prime, twenty percent, huge growth. Number of ratings and reviews, eighteen percent. That's still significant. Prior experience with a product or brand, only ten percent, ten point four. Convincing product description, photos, six point five. I mean, I think that's a you know that's a minor detail compared to the other things. And then other something else, three point two. So that tells you that price convenience is huge, and then the rating system is very strong as well. That is why people are on Amazon and continue to stay using Amazon. Uh, Another uh, interesting item here, 6 in 10 U.S. business and technology decision makers find employee training challenging. So um, this chart is, is about workforce challenges during the coronavirus pandemic, according to U.S. business and technology decision makers, June of 2020. So training and development of workers, 61%. So these are the challenges during the coronavirus. So they say that is the thing that is challenging. Uh, maintaining company and team culture 53% also hard to do. Onboarding new new employees 39% difficult. Maintaining pro, uh, productivity across the workforce 34%, leading a remote workforce 31, reaching customers Fostering innovation, creativity, twenty-eight percent. Operational, technical, process bottlenecks, twenty-five. Organizational, keeping track of multiple video conferencing tools, twenty-two. Those are the ones that haven't decided what to do when they should just be on Zoom, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, uh, or if you, I know if the Microsoft people hate when when anybody says that they don't like the security, lack of security that Zoom used to have and fixed. All righty. So we've got that we've got that uh, covered. If you have questions about your small business during these challenging times in terms of growth, and you're looking for strategy, you want to help getting more leads uh, and prospects so that you can convert them into more clients, customers, and patients, and you need a digital marketing firm that will help you, go to challengingtime.com. I've got a special offer there. And that's where I go. That's where I what I have set up for um, a really um, uh, unique uh, offer for small business and local business during these challenging times. Uh, This is Jesse. And until next time, hang in there and don't forget, there's always a silver lining. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Get Leads First podcast. To find more ways to generate leads for your business, visit getleadsfirst.com.